Welcome to The Whole Steward, the holistic approach to wealth from a Christian worldview. I'm your host, Andrew Stanton, and I'm glad you've joined. Last week, we looked at the necessity of private property as anchored in the eighth of the Ten Commandments and reiterated throughout the rest of Scripture. Having explored that biblical foundation, we'll now dive into the implementation and history of private property in our own society and how it's now under attack. Today on The Whole Steward. The Declaration of Independence. I have it in my hand right here, and I would like to read just a little bit from the Declaration of Independence. As you know, Thomas Jefferson wrote this, and it was part of our founding in America, but the concepts were not necessarily original to Jefferson and or the United States, and we'll dive into that just a little bit. But listen to this. The unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter and to abolish it, and to institute new government laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its power in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Of course, Jefferson goes on and the Declaration of Independence goes on. They list out the grievances against the king, etc. But what I wanted to point out And considering especially that we're coming up to Independence Day, July 4th, they hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal, endowed by their Creator with these unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, if you look at the pursuit of happiness, there is some good evidence that Thomas Jefferson was looking at John Locke's and and drawing from John Locke's writings about life, liberty, and property. And some will say, oh, well, Jefferson changed property to the pursuit of happiness. Uh, There could be some evidence in my research that suggests that actually he also got the pursuit of happiness from... John Locke as well. Uh, In an article on historynewsnetwork.org, 
Locke is quoted as saying, The necessity of pursuing happiness is the foundation of liberty. As, therefore, the highest perfection of intellectual nature lies in a careful and constant pursuit of true and solid happiness, so the care of ourselves, that we mistake not imaginary for real happiness, is the, necess- is the necessary foundation of our liberty. End quote. Now, he goes on to talk about it more, but he did talk about this pursuit of happiness. Now, what I want to point out here is simply that whether it is property or happiness, um, this concept is certainly at the foundation and core of our founding. Let's go over to the Constitution and read some of the Bill of Rights. I don't know if you know this, but there's a lot about property rights in the Bill of Rights. Those are the first ten amendments to the Constitution, and they were ratified uh, in 1791 on December 15th. You know the First Amendment, which we call the freedom of speech, and then the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms and uh, hold a well-regulated militia. They say the First Amendment is vital, and in case that breaks down, the Second Amendment is there uh, to protect the First Amendment. But rarely will you hear people go on beyond those two. What about the Third Fourth, fifth, sixth. Let's look at those really quick. The Third Amendment. No soldier shall, in time of peace, be quartered in any house without the consent of the owner, nor in time of war, but in a manner to be prescribed by law. Isn't that interesting? So, during the Revolutionary War, they had issues with uh, the British just coming along and just saying, hey, we're staying in your house today. And the Constitution was set out to protect the right and consent of the owner of a house. How about Amendment Number 4? The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrants shall issue, but upon proper probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched, and the persons or things to be seized. Isn't that interesting? So here we see protection against the improper search and seizure of personal property. And they were trying to protect against that and be sure that the the rights of the property owners uh, were honored. How about amendment number five? No person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on presentment or indictment of a grand jury. And then they'll talk about the exceptions for the military. Uh, But it says, nor be deprived of life liberty, or property, without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use 
without just compensation. So here again, Amendment 3, Amendment 4, and now Amendment 5, talking about, and here is, you can see the heavy influence of, of John Locke and, and others, life, liberty, and property. And it shall not be taken without just compensation. Now, of course, as you know, um, there, there is a lot of ways that they get around what is considered just compensation, and that is a real tragedy. But nonetheless, the amendment there was concerned with this ownership of private property. Number six talks about the right for a speedy uh, and public trial. Number seven talks about private property again. In suits at common law, where the value in controversy shall exceed $20, the right of trial by jury shall be preserved, and no fact tried by a jury shall be otherwise re-examined in any court of the United States than according to the rules of the common law. So here you see an actual dollar amount given, and how's that for inflation? Uh, I wonder what $20 was actually worth at the time of this writing. I should look that up and I'll get back to you on it at some point. But I'm sure $20 was a pretty significant amount. And they were saying, hey, look, you get the right to a trial by jury uh, for the protection of your property. Some controversy that amounted to $20. So you see, there are one, two, three, four of the amendments specifically talking about the protection of private property. Now, why is this? Well, one of the things is, as we saw in the first half, how important private property is to God's created order. And that is one of the reasons, I believe, that Western society has created the wealth that they have. And even if you look at societies like China, for example, when those in power were kicked out by the Communist Party, they went to Taiwan, and you can see free market principles of property ownership thriving there. And the Communist Party in China having to enact sort of a hybrid to allow the creation of value and the motivation behind that. Uh, you see this foundation even in those scenarios. And then, of course, when you look toward heavily communist countries that would say and revoke any rights of private ownership of property, uh, extreme poverty and human oppression, as Grudem talked about, it's really the dehumanizing of the people because this is really one of the tenets of subduing the earth and living out that creation mandate as men and women created in the image of God. Hey there, it's Andrew. I pour a lot into The Whole Steward, and I'm so humbled you're listening. Did you know I regularly post new articles to our website? I also send the Holistic Approach to Wealth newsletter once a week, to which you can subscribe at thewholesteward.com newsletter. 
If you're enjoying what you're hearing on the show, would you share it with a friend or leave us a review? I'd really appreciate it. Oh, and thanks for listening. Now, how are these foundational principles under attack? Well, you may have heard of an organization called the World Economic Forum. There has been a lot of uh, publicity around them, especially since COVID, and people are waking up to sort of the direction that things are going. You may be familiar with the, quote, eight predictions for the world in 2030. Uh, They go like this. Number one, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Whatever you want, you'll rent and it'll be delivered by drone. How is that possible? Now, is this a prediction or a statement of direction that they want to take it? You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. As we've seen here, that is not scriptural. That is not truthful. Now, if you own nothing, you certainly can be happy, but it violates the core of the creation mandate. At least if you're renting something, let me ask you this. Who are you renting it from? The government? That is not the ownership of private property. And it will not turn out good. But at least whatever you're renting will be delivered by drone. Okay, quite the society. Um, they go on to say that the, the U.S. won't be the leading superpower anymore. Why? Well, maybe we'll have done away with private property rights by that time. Um, a handful of countries will dominate. They say in there that you'll eat much less meat. And they say a lot of other things in those predictions. Uh, but the first one is, is that big point. And they also will go on to disclose their um, climate crisis religion, basically, uh, is what I like to call it. They say a billion people will be displaced by climate change and we'll have to do a better job at welcoming refugees and integrating them. Uh, Apparently, these are climate crisis refugees. They say that there will be a, a global price on carbon. Somehow, um, this, this global government or global consensus is going to uh, charge a price on carbon. Now, I know they're talking about fossil fuels, but uh, by the way, life is made out of carbon too. So um, every time you breathe out, you're emitting carbon dioxide. Is that going to be taxed? They talk about that you could be going, uh, preparing to go to Mars and uh, ask, is that the start of looking for alien life? Wow. Um, I'm so glad that we're looking for alien life now. Uh, I don't know why they're saying that would be the start of the journey. People have been looking for alien life for a long time now. Uh, but for some reason, they can't find God, even though he's revealed himself uh, very readily in the world. Number eight, this is the kicker. Western values will have been tested to the breaking point. What does that mean? Are they saying that they 
think that the Western values should remain? Or are they breaking down and now we need some sort of different values? Maybe values that aren't in line with the Third Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, the Fifth Amendment, the Seventh Amendment. It does say in there that the checks and balances that underpin our democracies must not be forgotten. So that's a good thing. I think you see uh, the separation of powers set up when the country was founded, and it's uh, really kind of a, a unique thing to America to have this rule of law set up the way it is. That's one of the reasons why you see so much direct investment in America, because if you wanted to invest your money somewhere, if you look at a place, a country that has no rule of law, you're likely to either get scammed or have no recourse for damages if you suffer them at the hand of someone else. In the U.S., even though it is being broken down, it is still one of the best places. And let's just take a moment here to be thankful for what we still have. Most likely, wherever you are listening to this, you are secure. Your possessions are secure. They're not under threat, uh, immediate threat of being stolen from you, either by the government or by someone on the street. The rule of law still means something here, and it is still one of the best places on the globe for those foundational principles. But they are under attack. We've seen that, especially over the last three years. A lot of us who have had our head in the sand recently have woken up over the last three years on what the globalists are trying to do in breaking down some of these things. The IMF, the International Monetary Fund, has been hosting events and these these powerful people that we call them the Davos type they are conspiring together and it, you know a lot of people like to label oh well that's just conspiracy theory well yeah or it might be conspiracy fact because conspiracies are real people conspire together all the time to do things um, and you know I conspired together with my wife to start the whole steward uh, we, we as human beings, that's all we really do. Um, there are many conspiracies that are simply conspiracy facts. And the fact is that there are a very few people who control most of the wealth in the world, and they are the ones saying that, well, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Great, we'll be renting it from them. But that is in direct violation to... The biblical approach, the biblical mandate, which is that of private ownership. That leads to the personal responsibility for the stewardship, which has spiritual and moral implications. The central bank digital currencies will give a level of control to the governments that goes beyond even what we've had so far. And they will be able to enforce policy. And in fact, that's their stated 
uh, goal. I'll bring that to you in another episode. I'll show you the exact conversations that they are having, and that way you can be informed. You can know what do I do. At least you can think about what do I do with the wealth that God has given me right now to be a good steward, considering the changes that are happening, many of which I don't think are a good thing. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think about these things? I had a lot more material to go over today. I'll bring that to you uh, at a different time. One of those things is, remember, the growth mindset is one that wants to learn and is interested in what others have to say. You may not agree with everything that I said today, but hopefully maybe you learned something. And I like to listen to people that I don't agree with everything that they're saying either, but I still am interested in what they have to say. And as Mark Twain said, one sign of an educated mind is being able to entertain a thought without assenting to it. That just means I'll hear you out, but I won't necessarily agree. So I've been reading on the World Economic Forum, and they have some articles, and it's very interesting because there is some stuff peppered through there that I agree with. I go, oh yeah, well that's a good thing. And then there's other stuff that is very, very sinister. I'll take some time in the future to break that down for you and how some of the things that are being said are a direct frontal attack on God and his created order as we see in scripture. That'll be for a different episode. Until next week, now that you know more, go out and grow more. All content on The Whole Steward is for informational purposes only and must not be considered personal, professional, tax, or legal advice. Please consult an appropriate professional for individualized advice. Though we do our best to bring you reliable information, we make no guarantee on its accuracy. So you must rely on your own due diligence to draw your own conclusions. The views expressed by guests on the show are their own and may not represent that of the host. Please visit our website for complete terms and conditions. Thanks for joining us today for the holistic approach to wealth from a Christian worldview. This show is brought to you by thewholesteward.com.